I'll say welcome to today's daf. So today's daf is daf chaf aleph 21. Even though we got through a good part of the Mishnah on Chaf and Mabez, let's say Meretz Hashem begin again from the Mishnah, develop an understanding of the Mishnah, and go into the beautiful Gemara. So the Mishnah, the new parak, third parak, Chomer Bekodesh, begins on 20 B Chaf Mabez. And the Mishnah says as follows Chomer Bakodesh Mibitruma. There's a Chumrah that Kodesh, remember again, Kodesh refers to sacrificial items. So there's a Chumrah that Kodesh has over Truma. How so? Shemat Bilin Kalim Besoch Kalim Truma. Kodesh. So again, as we spoke about yesterday, Halacha Lamaisa, I could, I could immerse one Kli inside of another Kli when being Metaheret, when purifying it for Truma purposes but not for sacrificial, but not for Kodesh purposes. So Truma, one Kli inside of another Kli could be toveled for Kodesh purposes it can't. Next distinction. So again, we're going to discuss this in the Gemara, but Rashi explains over here what this means as follows. If you have a Kli, if you have a utensil that has multiple functional parts, so for Truma purposes, one part of the Kli could become Tameh, and the rest of it could remain tahar. Yet when it comes to Kodesh, because again, remember the holier something is, the more sensitive it is to Tumah. When it comes to Kodesh, Halacha Lamaisa, once part of the Kli becomes Tameh, the entire Kli becomes Tameh. Next, if someone is carrying something which has contracted Tumas Medris. So Rashi's example is somebody's holding the shoe of a Zav, right? The Zav puts his weight on a shoe, therefore the shoe contracts Tumas Medris. And therefore, Halacha Lamaisa, again, so one could carry something that has Tumas Medris while carrying Truma, but not while carrying Kodesh. Now Rashi says over here, that the idea over here is really we're going to talk about putting the shoe inside of the barrel. If the shoe comes in the airspace, doesn't come in the airspace, again, in the Gemara we'll get into this. Next, big day ochle truma medris lakodesh. Ultimately, again, the clothing of those who are careful to eat truma in a state of ritual purity, their clothing still has a state of tumah for those ultimately who are careful with kodesh. We saw this already in the last Mishnah. So if I'm a person, I'm a Kohen, and I eat truma, and I'm careful to, of course, always eat truma in a state of ritual purity, in a state of tara, nevertheless, my clothing has tumas medris for someone who consumes kodesh. Lo kemidas ha-kodesh midas ha Interestingly enough, that Kodesh is different than Truma. How so? Sheba Kodesh, now this is talking about how you would immerse an article of clothing in a mikvah to purify it for Truma purposes versus to purify it for Kodesh purposes. So for example, he says Sheba Kodesh, let's say you have an article of clothing and you want to go ahead and you want to immerse it because you want to make it tahar. For someone who's going to eat Kodesh, matir, the first thing is you have to untie any knots in the article of clothing. Menagev, you dry it off, there should be no, there should be no moisture on it. Umatbil, and then you immerse it. So untie the knots, dry off the article of clothing from any moisture, then you could immerse it. Ve'acharkach, kosher. Then after you go ahead and you take the garment out of the mikvah, you can retie whatever knots. Ubetruma, however, truma, interestingly enough, kosher, ve'acharkach matbil. For truma purposes, if you have an article of clothing, that has, let's say, knots, and we'll discuss the parameters of this. You don't have to undo the knots in the article of clothing before immersing it, but rather you could immerse the article of clothing even with the knots in there. Again, obviously in the Gemara we're going to go through all of these cases. 
So this is an interesting case. If you look at Rashi, it's the second wine line in Rashi. So now this case, let's say you're making an article of clothing and you were careful, you watched it, you were vigilant. You looked at this article of clothing and you know that it did not come in contact with any level of Tumah. Even though now this article of clothing is totally Tahar for Chuma purposes, for Kodesh purposes, it is still going to require an immersion. Another interesting case. Let's say you have multiple pieces of food. Let's say multiple pieces of Truma in one utensil. So the Mishnah says that the Kli, the utensil, combines all of the pieces of food into one entity. That's true for Kodesh, not true for Truma. Now, what does that mean? Again, take a look at Rashi. So in other words, Kodesh, let's say you have multiple pieces of sacrificial meat inside of a utensil. And someone who's tame touches one of the pieces of meat, the kli, the utensil, combines all of the pieces of meat into one piece and therefore they all become tame. But that is a din by Kodesh, by sacrificial items, not a din by truma. Good. Rashi says, In other words, again, we'll see exactly what it means. We're going to see that Tuma is transmitted because the Kli itself transmits Tuma. But whereas by Kodesh, there's a lateral transference. If you touch one piece of sacrificial meat, all of the pieces become Tame at the same degree. By Chuma, we're going to see if you touch one piece, the piece you touched has one level of Tuma, but the other pieces have a different grade of Tuma. Again, we'll see all of this. I actually mentioned this in yesterday's shear. By Kodesh, the last level down of Tuma is what's called the Ravi, a fourth level. But a Ravi can't transmit Tuma to anything else, therefore, a Ravi is what's called Pasal. Ashlishi bitruma. Ultimately, again, my truma, ashlishi is going to be the lowest level. Obitruma in nitmes achas miyadav chaverta tahora. Interesting case. By truma, by truma, you could actually have a situation where one of your hands becomes ritually impure, midirabanan, rabbinic impurity, while the other hand still remains absolutely tahar. Ubakodesh. But by Kodesh, it doesn't let it. By Kodesh, if one hand becomes Tamei, the other hand automatically becomes Tamei as well. Very interesting idea. Rashi says over here, Now obviously, again, when we speak about one hand becoming Tamei and one hand remaining Tahar, we're obviously referring to Tuma Dirabanan, Rabbinic Tuma. So by Truma, one hand could be Tamei, the other hand could be Tahar. By Kodshim, both, if one hand becomes Tamei, the other one becomes Tahar as well. So the Mishnah goes on. The Mishnah says, Ochlin, oh, so excuse me, Ochlin, 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 an interesting case. You can go ahead and eat food that has been dried off. So the food is not moist, therefore not right the Kabbal Tumah. Remember again, a food item could only become a Kabbal Tumah if Halacha Lamaisi came in contact with liquid. And not just contact, you have to want it to come in contact with the liquid. So here's the case. If my hands are dry, or I should say differently, if my hands are wet, 
but the cloth, but excuse me, but the food is dry, then for truma purposes, again, no tuma could be transmitted. It's totally fine, but not for kodesh. But this is not permitted for kodesh. Rashi says, So again, interestingly enough, if you have hands, if you have hands, misuavos. We'll discuss that term, but let's assume right now that it means that it means some level of rabbinic tuma. So if I have hands that are rabbinically impure. I can touch truma that's dry because there's no way to go ahead and transmit tuma unless the truma is wet. But that is not true by Kodesh. Good. Top of Chaf Aleph. Ha'onin umechusr kipurin. An onin. So Rashi points out over here, the onin is a person who has lost a loved one but hasn't come in contact with the corpse. So therefore the person is not tame a tuma da'oraisa. An onin. Mechusr kipurin. Mechusr kipurin. Rashi says, what's the example? Kigon zav shetavol yom shvi lesiraso veheriv shemasho ulemacharas hu karoi mechusr kipurin shadayin gamer taraso tuluya bekarbano. So remember, mechusr kipurin, for example, is let's say you have a zav. Zav goes through his seven days of purification, and again he goes to the mikvah. The sun goes down, but now on day number eight he still has to bring his karbanos. So mechusr kipurim is like a zav who's done, waited his time, done his immersion, but has not yet gone to the mikvah. What's talacha? Both of these cases, tzrichin tevila lekodesh avalol They would need to go to the mikvah again to eat kodesh, but would not go to the mikvah again to go ahead and eat truma. Fascinating. Good. So I will say, so these are all the distinctions. Well, it's not all, but it's a good number of distinctions, really 11 different distinctions between the halachos of truma versus the halachos of kodesh. And obviously what you begin to see is the more, the holier something is, the more sensitive it is to tuma, which if you think about it, is not just true on an objective, uh, on an object level, but applies to us as well, which is always a fascinating thing because in anything else in life, the more proficient you become in something, the easier it becomes. Yet, when it comes to spirituality, the reverse seems to be true. It's, it's a fascinating thing. The more proficient I become, sometimes it feels the more temptations are there, right? The more challenges, the more difficulties are there. And we understand it because the holier something is, the more sensitive it is to Tumai. See, if I'm not holy, I'm not sensitive to Tumai. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me. It's, it's just a fact of my life. But if I work on myself, and I try to become tahar, I try to become pure, I try to become holy, the holier I become, the more sensitive to tuma, to impurity I become as well. Which is why sometimes it happens in life that I've been working on myself for such a long time, and then something happens, I suffer such a spiritual setback, and it's totally unclear to me why this happened. But now I understand it, because I would have thought the holier I become, the easier it becomes to resist tuma. And on some level that is true, but it's also true is the holier I become, the more sensitive to Tumah I become. That even the smallest thing, even the littlest thing, could somehow go ahead and break that streak of spirituality. Something I think we all experience in different ways. So I'll say the Gemara says as follows. So really we're going to focus for pretty much the rest of the daf on the first distinction in the Mishnah. So remember again, the Mishnah said that for Truma, you could take two utensils. So if you can imagine the easiest way to illustrate this is you have two cups. You could put one cup inside of another cup and immerse that. And that type of immersion works for Truma, but doesn't work for Kodesh. So says the Gemara, why not? But Kodesh might time alone. Why doesn't it work to immerse one utensil in front of another utensil for Kodesh? Amrab Ilah, Mipnei Shekvedo Shakli Chotzeitz. So Rabbi Ilah says, it's just a simple din in gravity. What we're concerned about is when you have one cup inside of another cup, the inner cup presses down 
on the outer cup and thereby could prevent the water from getting inside and touching the entire surface area of the outer cup, which of that, of course, then compromises the tila, compromises the immersion for the outer cup. Okay, Rashi says over here, Kvedo shal kliapnimi hamach bedalachitz on shumunach besocha chotz itzpifne amayim. Ultimately, again, immersion is only effective if water touches the entire surface area. So the inside kli is sitting inside the outside kli and ultimately precludes it from going ahead and from going ahead and t having the water touch all the surface area. Now, I, why wouldn't this apply by truma? Also, we'll discuss. So the Gemara says, Vahami the seifa mishum chatzitza. So here's the problem. So it makes it sound like over here, what the Mishnah is saying in case number one, is a distinction in the halachos of chatzitzas, of interpositions, right? Something, something that blocks an immersion. So I can't put one cup inside of another cup for Kodesh purposes because it, it compromises the immersion. Here's the problem. Later on in the Mishnah, we had another distinction that focuses on chatzitzots, interpositions, blockages for immersion. Diktani seifa, velokimidas hakodesh midas hatruma, shebekodesh matir umangiv umatbil, vaacharkach kosher, ubetruma kosher vaacharkach matbil. So ultimately, here's the problem. Later on in the Mishnah, we had the following case. You want to immerse a garment. So what did the Mishnah say? If it depends what you're immersing it for, if you're immersing it for Kodesh, you have, to un you have to make sure it's dry. You have to undo all of the knots and then immerse the garment. Yet for Truma, for Truma, you don't have to undo the knots. You could just immerse it. Now, what's the problem with knots on an article of clothing? Bipashtos, we would assume the reason is because of a chatzitza. It creates, again, a potential blockage. Maybe the water can't access the entire area that's knotted. So we've already made that distinction between Truma and between Kodesh. So I don't understand, why do I need two cases? Essentially, it appears, according to Rabbi Ilo, according to Rabbi Ilo, case, the, the first case and a latter case are making the same point, which is that the halachos of chatzitza, the halachos, the laws of interpositions regarding immersions are more lenient for truma immersions than they are for kodesh immersions. But if you've already made that made that made that case by kli besoch kli by utensil inside of another utensil, why does it have to be made again by the garments? To which the gemara says, no. Yeah. In fact, again, both the earlier case in the mishnah of the cup inside of the other cup and the latter case in the mishnah of untying the knots on a garment are both an issue of chatzitza. Ah, you'll say, so why do we need both cases? In other words, we'll say, the principle is the same, which is essentially the halachos of chatzitsa, of interpositions for immersion purposes, are more lenient by truma, or I should say they're more machmir, by kodesh than they are by truma. Why do you have to illustrate this concept, this principle with two different cases? I'll tell you why the Gemara says, Utsricha, tiashmo inon reisha, hava amina, hainu taima de la kodesh, mishum kavedo shokli diiko. See, if the Mishnah would have just said the first case, I would have said, here's a difference. The first case, the reason perhaps why for Kodesh the immersion doesn't work is because you have an inner utensil sitting in an outer utensil. And there's a real concern that the water is not going to touch the entire surface area of the outer utensil. That's why for Kodesh, such an immersion is not good. But in the latter case of the garment where there's not actively something blocking the garment from being immersed, I would have thought that even for Kodesh purposes, 
it should be absolutely fine and there's no reason it shouldn't work. Therefore, again, the Mishnah has to add in the garment case. And if it would have just taught me the garment case that you have to undo the knots before immersing the garment for Kodesh purposes, but you don't have to do it for Truma, I would have said, Havamina, Hainu Taima, Dele Kodesh, Lo, Mishum Amadeis, Chafaf Amadeis, Mishum Dekitra, Bemaya, Ahaduki, Mehadak. Interesting. I would have thought that perhaps, perhaps the reason why, the reason why by the garment case that it doesn't work for Kodesh, but it works for Truma, maybe by Kodesh, because again, when you go ahead and you put something into water, the Kitra Bamaya, a knot, an article of clothing that goes into the water, a Haduki Mehadik, it clings to each other. So there really, you're creating a real Chatzitza issue. Avarisha, but by water, you see, when you immerse one utensil, another utensil, what ends up happening? As long as some water is able to get in, the water pushes up the inner kli and allows the water to go out and touch the entire surface area of the outer kli. Therefore, it's tzricha. Therefore, it's needed. So say, this is the position of Rabbi Elah. And Rabbi Elah is of the opinion that halacha lemaisa, see, the latter case was only brought in as a secondary issue. Let's keep our focus. Our focus is I'm trying to figure out why is it that I can't immerse two utensils one inside of the other. All right, I have two glasses, two cups. I want to put one, an inner one inside of the outer one. I want to immerse it like that. So the Mishnah told me it works for Truma, doesn't work for Kodesh. I want to understand why. So Rabbi Ila's position is simple, chatzitza. Chatzitza, we are concerned at the end of the day, shekvedo shakli chotzitz. We are concerned that what's going to end up happening is the inner utensil is going to press against the outer utensil and really prevent the water from touching the interior surface area of the outer utensil. So, so, all the, so that's Rabbi Ila's position. The Gemara is just bothered by if you're telling me that the Mishnah is coming to make a distinction between the halachos of chatzitza for truma versus kodesh, the, Gemara, the Mishnah already makes that distinction in a later case. It tells you that if you're going to immerse a garment for truma, you don't have to untie the knots. And for kodesh, you do have to untie the knots. What's the issue with the knots? Chatzitza. To which Rabbi Ila responds, you're right. Both cases are talking about chatzitza, but you would not have necessarily inferred one from the other, and therefore the Mishnah states both. Good. So I will say this is the position of Rabbi Ila. Therefore, the first case in the Mishnah, you can't immerse one kli inside of another kli, is an issue of chatzitza. So the Gemara goes on, the Gemara goes on. So Rabbi Ila letame, and the truth is this works out beautifully according to Rabbi Ila. Why? Dom Rabbi Ila, I'm Rabbi Chanina Bar Papa. Eser ma'alos shanukan. So this is incredible. See, I will say, if you count the number of cases in the Mishnah, so ultimately there are 11. There are 11 distinctions between Truma and Kodesh. Yet Rabbi Ilo says, there are 10 distinctions. Eser ma'alos shanukan. There are 10 distinctions. Really, ma'alos means chumras. There are 10 chumras that Truma has, excuse me, that Kodesh has over Truma. I bet if you go through the Mishnah, there's 11. But now it makes perfect sense. Because according to Rabbi Ila, the case of a kli inside of a kli and the case of unknotting or whether or not you have to unknot the garments, they're really one and the same. We could count those two cases as one because the principle is the same. What's the principle? That the halachos of chatzitza, as they apply to truma, or let me say differently, the halachos of chatzitza as they apply to kodesh 
are more chamer than how they apply to truma. So Rabbi Ila therefore takes the case of the knotted clothing and the case of the klebis, so kli case number one, and really says that's one case. The two of them together, that's one case in the Mishnah. So now listen to this. The Gemara then adds in over here, chamesh rishonos, the first five cases, bein lekodesh, so we'll say this goes back to yesterday's daf. If you remember again, we spoke about this concept of chulin shenasu altaras hegdish, altaras akodesh, which is a person who treats his chulin like sac like a sacrificial item. So listen to this. So we'll say so. The, the first, just the gemara is going to bring these two things being introduced over here. First thing Rabbi Ilo says is that there are ten distinctions, ten chumras that Kodesh has over Truma. I, I look at the Mishnah, I see 11, it's okay. Because according to Rabbi Ila, the case of Kli Bisoch Kli, one utensil inside of another utensil, and the case of unknotting the garments is really one case. It's really one case. Now the Gemara says something else. Now Rabbi Ila goes on and he says like this. The first five cases, Chamesh Harishonos, the first five cases mentioned in the Mishnah, Bein Kodesh applied to actual Kodesh, and also apply to chulin shenas, excuse me, chulin shenasu ataras hekdish. That if you prepare chulin, if you prepare chulin like sacrificial items, the first five halachos apply equally to kodesh and to chulin that was prepared like kodesh. However, achronos, the last five, le kodesh, only apply to kodesh. But do not apply ultimately again to Chulin So the first five items mentioned in the Mishnah apply both to Chulin, excuse me, apply both to Kodesh and to Chulin that is prepared like Kodesh. The second five only apply to Kodesh, do not apply to Chulin that was prepared like Kodesh. Now, why is this? We're not going to get so into this, but why is this? My time, oh, it's very simple. See, here's the difference. The first five cases, if you make a mistake regarding the halachos of Tumah and Tara, you run the risk of entering into Biblical Tumah. Biblical Tumah. However, again, in the second five cases, Basraisa, the less lu drara de Tumah midoraisa, so a very interesting distinction here. So Gemara suggests as follows. In the first five cases where there are implications for biblical Tumah. In that case, the rabbi said these halachos apply to Kodesh and to Chulin Shenasa Al Kodesh. Applies to both cases. The second five cases where there is no biblical implication for Tumah only applies to cases of Kodesh, does not apply to cases of Chulin Shenasa Altaras HaKodesh. If you look at Rashi, Rashi just explains this very beautifully. Rashi says, Jrara de Tumadoraisa, Chashash Tumadoraisa, Kli Bisoch Kli. So Rashi here goes through all of the different cases of Halacha how in the first five cases in the Mishnah, there is a strong possibility that a situation could lead to Biblical Tumah. So whenever there's a situation that could lead to Biblical Tumah, the rabbis extended their Gezerah to both Kodesh and to Chulun that is prepared like Kodesh. 
But where there is no concern that a case could lead to biblical tumah, and again, Rashi goes through, so we're not going to go through all of these cases, but when, it, when it's not going to lead to biblical tumah, ultimately, again, in a circumstance like that, Chazal will only go there in actual Kodesh, but not in a situation of Chulin Shenase Al Tarasa Kodesh. Beautiful. So, I will say, so all of this is part of Rabbi Ila's approach. Right? All this is Rabbi Ila's approach. And again, Rabbi Ila's approach simply has to do with the fundamental fact that Halacha the case of Kli Besoch Kli, is an issue of Chatzitza. You know, I'll just, I'll just illustrate. Let me just illustrate one piece. If you look at Rashi, Gerard the Tumadaraisa, Rashi says, Chashash Tumadaraisa. For example, what does it mean that the first five cases border on the potential for biblical Tumah? What, what does that mean? Look at Rashi. He says, for example, Let's take the example of immersing one utensil inside of another utensil. So for example, chatzitza is an issue daraisa. Right? If you have a chatzitza, if you have something that interposes between the utensil and the waters of the mikvah, depending on what the interposition is, that could invalidate the immersion biblically. Biblically. Another example Rashi brings down. So again, similarly again, one part of the utensil becoming tame doesn't make the whole utensil. Everything depends on the nature of the tumah. But once again, that can have biblical ramifications. So therefore, again, Allah, just, 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 I just want to point out, this piece is a side point, right? The primary premise over here is Rabbi Ila. And Rabbi Ila telling me that a kli inside of another kli, such an immersion will work for Truma, does not work for Kodesh. The reason it doesn't work for Kodesh is because of Chatzitza. And even though Chatzitza is taught later on in the Mishnah, Rabbi Ila felt it's necessary to teach two cases of, of Chatzitza. Rabbi Ila furthermore says that there are 10 differences between Kodesh and Truma. I, the Mishnah counts 11, it makes perfect sense because Rabbi Ila collapses two cases into one. As an aside, Rabbi Ila also says the first five cases in the Mishnah, those ultimately impact both Kodesh and Chulin Shinnasa Kodesh. The last five only impact Kodesh, not Chulin Shinnasa Tarasa Kodesh. What's between the first five and the last five? The first five could have potential biblical implications, the last five do not. Beautiful. So says the Gemara, comes along Rava, and I will say Rava has a different interpretation. Rava says, so why is the first case in the Mishnah of Kli Besoch Kli, why is that problematic? Rava says like this, Amar, Rava Amar, So Rava disagrees with Rabbi Ila, and he says, Rabbi Ila, you're wrong. You're wrong, simple as that, you're wrong. Right, why? Because the Mishnah already brings down a case of chatzitza, the case of the clothing, of having to unknot the clothing before you immerse it for Kodesh, but yet you don't have to unknot it before you immerse it for Truma, that's a case of chatzitza. That's chatzitza. So the Mishnah doesn't have to bring down another case of chatzitza. Therefore, the case of kli besoch kli, of the inability to immerse one utensil inside of another utensil for Kodesh, but yet it's permissible by Truma, must be talking about something else. What is it? So the Gemara says, Say, Rava Amar Since the Mishnah brought down a latter case, i.e., the clothing that talks about chatzitza, reisha laf mishum chatzitza. The reisha is not talking about chatzitza. I. So, what is the reisha? Why does the Mishnah say that I'm allowed that I'm not allowed to immerse one utensil inside of another utensil for kodesh, but can't do it by truma? What's the problem by kodesh? Here we go. This is incredible. The reisha hainu taimo 
This is wild. Rava says, and the reason you can't immerse one utensil inside of another utensil for Kodesh purposes is we're concerned that you may come to go ahead and immerse machtin or needles. Tsinoros literally are like spinning forks. These are small utensils. There's a concern that you may come to go ahead and immerse these small utensils, bikli, inside of the utensil that has a very, very narrow opening that is smaller kishfoferes than the tube of a node. Node is like a wineskin. What's going on over here? Look at Rashi. Rashi says, "Bikli she'in befiv kishofares hanod vahi lav tavi lahi she'in hamayim nichnasin l'socho chibur lamei amikva velo tavlo hamachtin ella b'miuto mayim shebikli." So let's talk about this in just a moment. Let's say you're immersing a wineskin. Let's give a very a very simple example over here. I'm going and I'm immersing a wineskin. Now, if I'm immersing a, a, a wineskin or a leather a leather utensil, the water has to be able to get in. In order for that to happen, the opening of the utensil has to be large enough to allow the water in. Otherwise, we're concerned the water never enters the utensil. And so it turns out, whereas the exterior of the utensil came in contact with the water, the interior of it has not. So the Mishnah says, in order for the interior, in order for us to feel comfortable, that the interior of the utensil came in contact with the water, ultimately, again, the opening has to be kishfoferes hanod at least large enough like the straw of the node of the wineskin. We're going to give a more exact measurement for just a moment. So see, here's what's interesting. So actually, let's read it and then we'll go back. Kiddisnan, because we learned, and there's a fascinating halacha. Eruv mikvaos kishvoferes hanod. Listen to this case. So look at Rashi. Eruv mikvaos mikvachaser bitzad mikvah shalim batzina b'neim charon. Listen to this. It's an incredible case. You have a mikvah. We've spoken many times. A mikvah requires at least 40 so. We'll call it between 120, 150, 150 gallons. Right? A mikvah needs 40 so. So imagine you have mikvah A has 40 so. Mikvah B, which is right next to it, doesn't have 40 so. But there is a small opening between mikvah A and mikvah B. See, there's a concept in halacha called hashaka. Hashaka literally means, again, like, like neshika, to kiss. If you have a totally kosher mikvah that is connected to a non-kosher mikvah, in other words, when I say non-kosher mikvah, by itself, it's a non-kosher. I'll give you for example. Mikvah A has 40 sa'ah. Mikvah B has 30 sa'ah. But there's an opening in between mikvah A and mikvah B. If the opening is significant enough, it allows, we, it allows essentially mikvah B, which only has 30 sa'ah, to be connected to mikvah A, which has 40 sa'ah, thereby allowing mikvah B to become kosher as well. It's the concept of hashaka. If one mikvah kisses, connected, is connected to another mikvah, then ultimately, again, even though mikvah B is invalid by itself, but because it's connected to mikvah A, therefore mikvah B becomes kosher as well. So iruv mikvos. So how do you combine mikvos, right? So again, I just want to be, I want to be clear. In this case, you have mikvah A is a standalone mikvah, Mikvah B is a standalone mikvah. I want to make a connection between the two so that mikvah A kisses, so to speak, mikvah B, thereby making mikvah B kosher as well. So you need an opening between mikvah A and mikvah B. How big does the opening have to be? Kishfoferes hanot. It has to be at least the size of the straw of a wine, of a, of a, of a wine skin. 
and how big. And again, the thickness of it as well. The thickness of it as well. And again, the opening, the circumference as well, top of Chaf Beis. And how big is that? How big is that? It essentially is an opening that is as wide as the width of two fingers. Two fingers that could go in and out. If two fingers could move around that opening, then ultimately, again, that is an opening that is large enough. That's the size of the, of the, of the straw of a wineskin. And that's an opening that is large enough to connect two mikvos through the concept of hashaka. And again, understand, once those two mikvos are kosher, mikva B, which by itself only has 30 sa'ah, but now that it's connected through that opening to mikvah A, an opening that's at least two finger breaths wide, halacha lamaisa, mikvah B becomes kasher as well. So now somebody immerses in mikvah B, that is a proper immersion. Incredible. Take a look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says over, So this is an opening that is large enough that you could put in two fingers and move those fingers around. So if you could put in two fingers, move the fingers around, ultimately that is an opening that is large enough to connect the two mikvos. So this, this is really incredible. So this is really incredible. So, so therefore, again, so there's a lot, a, lot, a lot happening over here. So Rava comes along and Rava says, here's the issue. Why can't you immerse one utensil inside of another utensil? What are we concerned about? The problem is everyone has to recognize that what you've done is you've created a constricted smaller area for the outer utensil. In other words, before the, inner, before the inner utensil came along, the outer utensil had a wide open area. The water could touch everything. When we put the second utensil inside of, right, inside of the outer utensil, it constricts the open area for the water to spread out, right? So you're, you're narrowing the area that the outer kli has. Let me say it differently. You are, you are narrowing the interior surface area of the outer utensil. And we're concerned, says Rava, that if we allow you to do that, if we allow you to do that, you're gonna come to immerse needles and spinning forks, machtin vitsinolos, in perhaps an area that is not as large as the straw of a wineskin. Okay, now we understand the area. Now remember, in order for an area to allow the passage of water through it, it has to be at least the size of the straw of a wineskin. Now the Gemara, by the way, said, and just so you understand, that area, once it's the size of the straw of an area of a wineskin, there's a free passage of water. How do you know there's a free passage of water? Because even by Hilchos Mikvos, it works. Because remember, like we just said before, Mikveas 40 saw, Mikvah BS 30 saw, Mikvah, mikvah BS Puzzle. Aye, but if you create an opening between A and B, right, and there's, a, there's at least the size of the straw of a wineskin, which is the area that is large enough to put two fingers in and rotate them, move them around a little bit, that allows for the free flow of water. Mikvah A is kissing Mikvah B. Mikvah B is kasher as well. So amazingly enough, according to Rava, the whole reason the Mishnah says that you can't immerse one kli inside of another kli for the purposes of Kodesh is that if we allow you to do that, we're concerned you may come to go ahead and immerse tiny utensils like a needle inside of a space 
that is not as large as the straw of a wineskin inside of a space that does not allow for two fingers which then does not allow for the free flow of water which would then mean that the needles or the spinning forks that are in there are not having proper access are not really being connected to the water that's the concern <laughs> that's the concern again not as straightforward as Rabbi Ila but nevertheless this was Rava's concern interesting. Now, according to Rava, there are in fact 11 distinctions in the Mishnah between Kodesh and Truma. See, remember again, according to, according to Rabbi Ila, according to Rabbi Ila, there were only 10, because Rabbi Ila essentially has two cases become one, because two cases are about talking about chatzitzas. According to Rava, case number one in the Mishnah is not a case of chatzitza. Kli besoch kli is not a chatzitza issue. Kli besoch kli is that we're nervous that once you start creating constricted immersion areas, that we're concerned that you may come to immerse small utensils in a space that is too small to allow for the flow of water. What's a space that's too small to allow for the flow of water? An area that is less than the size of, or less than the opening of a straw for a wineskin, which is an area of two finger breaths. Two finger breaths. So if we allow you to do kli besoch kli, you may come to immerse the needles in a very narrow area, which doesn't allow for the passage of water as well. Therefore, we say you can't immerse kli besoch kli, at least for Kodesh purposes. Now, according to Rava, so you have the case of kli besoch kli, but the case of the knots in the clothing, that's the case of chatzitza. Oh, therefore, according to Rava, the Gemara says, Therefore, Rava holds like that which Rav Nachman said. Rav Nachman said, Second line down from the top, There are in fact 11 distinctions in the Mishnah between Truma and between Kodesh. And now he, he agrees with the same distinctions. The first six apply both to Kodesh as well as to Chulin, which, was, which, is, which is being treated like Kodesh. The last five, however, only apply to Kodesh, but do not apply to Chulin that was made Ataras HaKodesh. And again, pretty much will accept the same distinction that the first five, the first five ultimately again will apply to Kodesh and to Chulin that's made out Haras HaKodesh. Why? Because there's a possibility for Biblical Tumah, whereas the last five ultimately again, there's no real concern for Biblical Tumah. So again, it's incredible. All of this regarding the first case. So once again, you have the Machlokes between Rabbi Ila and Rava as to why is there a problem to immerse a Kli Besoch Kli for Kodesh purposes. Rabbi Ila telling us it's a problem of Chatzitza. Rava telling us that it is a problem that if you allow this, you will come to go ahead and immerse tiny utensils inside of another utensil that is really too small to allow for the passage of water. But I'll, say, I'll, just, I'll just mention one thing. You know, this idea that the Gemara quotes over here by the, by the mikvah is really an incredible idea. This, in general, mikvahs work with this concept of hashaka, that I have a bar, I have a pit that has 40 of, of, of rainwater, and as long as that pit is, has, is connected to another bar, to another cistern, to another opening, even if that cistern doesn't have 40 sub rainwater, the concept of hashaka 
Hashaka tells me that as long as the kosher mikvah is quote-unquote kissing the non-kosher mikvah, that the non-kosher mikvah becomes, the non-kosher mikvah essentially is rendered an extension of the kosher mikvah, and therefore again becomes kosher in its own right. Now, it becomes kosher in its own right by dint of the fact that it is connected to the kosher mitzvah. I think the kosher mikvah, I'm sorry, I think that there's such a Musar Haskil, such a profound yisod in that, which is that sometimes in life, what I can't accomplish on my own, I could accomplish by attaching myself to great people. And this is a really important yisod because sometimes in life there are things I know that I need to do, things I, need, I know that I need to accomplish, but for whatever the reason, I can't get there. I, can't, I just can't get there on my own. But there is a power to surrounding myself with the right people. And there's a power to attaching myself to the right people. Because sometimes what I can't do on my own, I could accomplish through attachment to others. Attach yourself to the right people. Attach yourself to the right circumstances. Put yourself in the right atmosphere in life. And the concept of Hashaka says, I might be puzzle, I might be puzzle, but if I attach myself to a kosher mikvah, if I attach myself to the right teachers, I attach myself to the right rebbeim, I attach myself to the right friends, I put myself in the right circumstances in life, then by dint of the fact that I am attached to something that is kadosh, I could achieve kedusha as well. Sometimes what I can't do on my own yet, I can accomplish by attaching myself to a source of Kedusha. An incredible Musrask. We'll stop over here for today. Wishing everyone a wonderful day. I'm sorry that I could not be with you there in person, but it is a schus to be able to learn with you. Hatzlach Rab, everyone. Have a wonderful day.